Tate Chronicles now transmitting. Welcome to the Tate Chronicles on Healthcare Now Radio. And now, here's your host, Jim Tate. Good day, citizens of the free world, from border to border, coast to coast, and to all the ships at sea. I bring you a warm welcome. This is your correspondent, Jim Tate, and thank you for tuning into the Tate Chronicles. Join me as we cut to the fog that exists at the leading edge of healthcare technology. I'm really pleased my guest today is none other than Steve Yaskin, the CEO of Health Gorilla. Health Gorilla is absolutely at the forefront of healthcare data interoperability, and they also re- recently received official designation as one of the initial qualified health information networks, the QHINs, that are supporting the TEFCA exchange for healthcare organizations nationwide. Steve, thanks for joining the Tate Chronicles today. Thank you. Thank you, Jim, for having me. Excited to be here. Um, I recently uh, read a post um, of yours uh, that uh, was titled The Five Interoperability Predictions for 2024. And I'd like to discuss those. So let me just kind of uh, uh, kick it off with one of the initial predictions you made, which is that the uh, TEFCA QHIN um, ecosystem uh, will, in 2024, we'll see an expansion as well as the maturing of that. So do you think the ball is really going to be rolling in 2024? Yeah, no, sounds good. Uh, Again, thanks for having me. you know, we we decided to do our own predictions. It has become latest industry trend to predict what's going to happen in the upcoming year. And then, you know, as it goes, follow up at the end of the year and see if any of this became true and yeah. anything did not. Um, so we, we did put out five predictions of our own. And one of the first ones, as you mentioned, Jim, was uh, expansion and maturation of the Kirchen ecosystem. And uh, it's kind of easy to make that prediction because uh, it did not happen in December. Kirchens did not start in December. We just went live in December, but there was tremendous amount of work uh, that had been happening over the years. Uh, And, um, you know, we, we had a lot of people congratulating us in December when we got designated for uh, Qualified Health Information Network with the federal government. But um, it, it's been a couple of years in the making, and um, we got just on the start line, and uh, we are off to the races. It's been a tremendous amount of work, investments, time. Um, it is a partnership between the federal um, government and the private sector. And because of that buildup that took place over the years, relentless work, by the ONC, RC, and the federal government, as well as participation of private companies, so the five original initial kitchens that got designated, uh, it leaves uh, very little doubt that the kitchen ecosystem will continue to expand and become a lot more mature and bring a lot more innovations according to the roadmap that we put out there. One thing you mentioned a couple of times with the word years, that's right. The federal uh, regulations and legislation that created TEFCA, I don't know exactly, but I believe it goes back at least six years. So this has been a a long time coming. Yeah. Yeah. It all starts with the Cures Act. It was passed uh, during the uh, Obama's administration 
with bipartisan support, if I, if I can mention that, this is how you know it was a long time ago. <laughs> it was an act of Congress that actually received full bipartisan support. And, um, you know, it, it's, it has been years um, until fi finally it culminated in the TAFCA going live in December of 2023. You know, one of the things, Steve, um, uh, about TAFCA and um, uh, our audience um, is certainly up to date um, on most of the concepts around TAFCA, but let me just give you my 30-second view on it. Uh, uh, TEFCA uh, is a network uh, for the exchange of health information data. And what we hope is that it is like uh, maybe the U.S. phone systems. It doesn't matter what phone I have or who my phone provider service uh, is. I can pick up a phone and, and call you no matter where you are. It doesn't matter anything else as far as what kind of phone or, you know, who we pay our monthly bill to, your phone's going to ring and we can talk. And, and so there's a lot of handshaking and, and agreements. And I guess that, that's part of TEFCA. Uh, it took years to get those agreements uh, between, as a basis for organizations to say, okay, yeah, we will buy into this common agreement. That seems to be in place now. Now, I know over time, that uh, those agreements are going to change, uh, or certainly from a technical standpoint, as standards like uh, fire come into place, things like that. But but the the concept that anybody who is any provider uh, who is connected to any of the QHINs is really connected to all the QHINs, and mm. uh, and and can do an inquiry uh, and, and get a response. Um, so that uh, leads me really to the second prediction is uh, to providers, how are they going to be incentivized by perhaps the federal government uh, to participate in the TEFCA network? Yeah, yeah, sounds good. Uh, the This one was obviously also somewhat easy to make that prediction that we will see additional federal proposals coming down the line to incentivize TEFCA participation, TEFCA. Uh, when it went live in December of 2023, remains voluntarily participation. But um, let me outline what TAFCA means, right? As you mentioned, Jim, there, there's been a lot of uh, local agreements. There's been a lot of contracting done. There's been a lot of variations on various you know, data rights and how we exchange data in this country for, I don't know, past 10 plus years. Um, and there's been a lot of handshakes done in the industry. Uh, the industry needs to interoperate with the advances of value-based care. Uh, there's a lot of incentives out there in the market on both sides, on the public and the private side, to create data exchange. It, it is uh, increasingly becoming all about data. Providers need data. Payers need data. Uh, the whole ecosystem needs data to operate and provide value into various financial arrangements and um, uh, to provide better outcomes while reducing costs and uh, physician burnout is one of the big problems that TEFCA is designed to solve. But the difference here is that it was created uniquely so as a partnership between a public and a private sector. That kind of what sets TEFCA apart from previous 
regulations that were passed down from from the government and uh, the industry let's be honest had found many ways to check the box and uh, not move the ball forward very much and become compliant with various regulations um and tefka is a culmination of all experiences that we had over the years with meaningful use with the various cms incentives and uh, this time it was different a lot of people ask me why why do you think tefka is different we had so many different programs and incentives um and it is different because it actually designed to be a partnership between the public and the private sector there's a lot of sticks and there's a lot of carrots out there to make sure tefka is successful let me remind you that tefka is a um, two-part um framework one of them is the technical part, which is called QTF, Qualified Technical Framework, mm -hmm. which kind of resets the floor on how we interoperate. And the second part is the common agreement. That's the TEFCA, the second part of it, which everybody has to sign on, all participants sign into the same common agreement, uh, setting up kind of level playing field for everybody to participate. TEFCA also regulates a total of six permitted purposes. What kind of organizations can exchange data and gain access to that data? The one that we went live with, there are two permitted purposes of exchanging data is treatment and individual access services, IAS, basically uh, outlining that individual people can get their data the same way their providers can over the legacy networks. And now Tefka is taking over. There are four more additional uh permitted uses uh, uh to the tefka that are coming uh this year over over a period of this year and uh, that will be payment operations uh benefits determination and then finally public health uh tefka is also designed to meet the industry where industry is today at that given day and uh we are coming out of the world of legacy exchanges uh that are gradually starting to be moving to the TEFCA rails. And uh, the first two are treatment and individual access. And uh, as we embark on the additional roadmap uh, in partnership with the federal government, we are very excited to uh, set up all six permanent purposes, sometime in 24. You know, uh, one of the things um, we're talking about right now for the second prediction is the really participation, how, how to, uh, incentivize participation or actual uh, use uh, of this data of, of the TEFCA networks. Um, uh, years and years ago, uh, to get the adoption of EHRs, the federal government essentially bought every, every provider in the country an EHR. And right. then they, certainly on a provider basis, they paid the regional extension centers uh, quite a bit of money to train uh, providers to meaningfully use their EHRs, I don't, I don't see any certainly federal funding for any training in workflow use or or, or process. Have you seen anything like that? Uh, well, again, we we've run so many different federal and state incentives here, uh, mm -hmm. like you said, to help provider organizations implement uh, electronic technology like EHRs and EMRs. Mm -hmm. uh, you mentioned meaningful use. Uh, there, there's been a lot of programs like that to incentivize, educate, train, help provider organizations to adopt technology. And uh, we largely succeeded in that. Uh, to some estimates, yes. there's about 20% of provider organizations use some sort of 
uh, electronic uh, health record system today. That left that remaining 30% of rural hospitals, rural ambulatory providers, uh, where federal dollars, dollars did not reach, did not make that much of an impact. And uh, TEFCA uh, is the final frontier, which is designed again to make it easier uh, to adopt technology and exchange data. Um, and it's all going to be about expansion and adoption right now as the yes. legacy networks start to move on to, to, to the TEFCA rail, sign common agreements. As you know, there's a pretty broad participation from day one, from December 12th of uh, 23. Uh, hundreds, if not thousands of organizations already signed up, already started live exchanges on that day. Uh, in the morning of uh, December 13th, we had live exchanges going on on treatment and even consumer access. And it's going to continue to grow in 24 and 25. We will see a lot more regulations come down. We are armed already with some sticks, so to say. Mm -hmm. uh, there's a data, data blocking provision out there, which, as you know, uh, put, puts out like a million dollar fine for proven data blocking yes. uh, when customers are unable to gain their own data. So it's a pretty big stick, but uh, TEFCA also makes it a lot easier uh, to actually comply. Uh, and in some cases, all you have to do is join a QHIM and kind of um, use your existing uh, platform where you have data, whether it's HR or any other um, provider organization or payer organization system, uh, join the QCAN and um, armed with common agreement and QTF compliance on the HR vendor. Uh, we make it somewhat easier already today to be compliant and to respond both for treatment and for the consumer access and Joining a can also ensures that you will stay compliant because more and more regulations are passed down for payments, operations, and then finally public health. And that's how TEFCA is designed to make it easier, to make it adoptable. And we're very excited to see all six primitive purposes of exchange grow. If you're just joining us, I'm Jim Tate. And on this episode of the Tate Chronicles, I'm speaking with Steve Yaskin of Health Gorilla, and we're talking about uh predictions concerning interoperability in 2024 uh one of the things steve you mentioned is uh individual access services so uh, uh we know that providers will be uh connecting to a qhan and through that way through the other qhan to so the tefka platform uh if if i'm an individual and i just want access to my data uh how will i do that will i do it through some third-party app or can I connect directly to a QHIM? Uh, either way, uh, you really? should be covered. Yeah. Uh, TEFCA is designed and QHIMs are absolutely designed uh, not to be the bottleneck, not to be the sole provider of access points. In fact, uh, we as QHIMs uh, have to, by, by law, by regulations, provide easy access, uh, vetted, but easy access to any app out there that um, wants to create value to consumers uh, as data access becoming commoditized through TEFCO over the next couple of years, it's going to be about the value proposition. Think about credit karma, right? Um, it is connected to credit bureaus, which contain and store your credit financial data, and they build on top of that data set to expose additional values that consumers sign up for. Uh, very similar in, in that case, QHINs are designed to make it easier to connect. 
verify uh, compliance. Uh, we have um, IEL2 type of biometrical verification for the consumers. Uh, some questions offer that out of the box, like Health Gorilla does. Some uh, questions ask the apps connecting to them for the consumer access to have that step and verify that later. And um, it is really up to the consumer to pick the app they want and that app if they belong if they're a member of one of the cuhens uh should be really easy to consume this data and uh, more importantly uh there's a great focus on making that data actionable we don't want just to dump a bunch mm -hmm. of garbage exactly. right and this is what was flagging all the legacy networks for for years uh garbage in garbage out so the focus absolutely was meant to meet the industry where the industry is today. You know, there's a lot of uh, old mechanisms of exchanging data. Uh, HL7, all versions, uh, we see a lot of V2, which is really old tech. We see a lot of CCDA. We see a lot of document exchanges. Uh, all legacy networks are built on document exchanges. What, what that means is if you match the consumer, you connect your query, you get hundreds of thousands, maybe documents, hundreds or thousands of documents uh, for that consumer just dumped on you. And it's really hard to make sense of that data, both on the provider side and on the consumer side. And uh, we have fire absolutely on the roadmap for 24, which uh, allows for things like bulk querying, like uh, very specific mm -hmm. querying based on a condition, uh, based on allergy, all the PAMI data is coming into play in a very much structured and clean way but it is a it is a lot of work we've accumulated tons of data over the last 10 15 years since uh, ehr technology started to become prevalent in healthcare we have to clean up the mountains of data that's been accumulated and ensure that's going that that going forward we will start exchanging data in fire and uh, paying a lot of attention to how the data is stored, processed, and transmitted. There's a lot of attention to taxonomy uh, of the data, ontology of the data, and a lot of governance on the data, right? It's no secret that what is considered healthcare in one state, you go across the street and it's uh, you, you're probably violating some data exchange laws, right? I'm talking about SADS data, substance abuse data, I'm talking about uh, behavioral data, I'm talking about, um, you know, um, reproductive data. Um, yes. There's a lot of different regulations out there. And just exchanging data across the country sometimes uh, could be violating certain states. Um, and uh, Cuhans are in a very unique position to drive that forward, make uh, exchange trusted. Remember, the first letter in Tefka is trusted. And uh, this is what Kuchins, uh, and Tefco role is designed to do is to bring that trust back so that providers exchanging data with payers, um, everybody exchanging data with consumers have somebody to rely on and we bring in that trust into the clinical data exchange. We only have about five or six more minutes here, Steve, and I want to make sure we get to our last two predictions. Uh, one of the ones is that um, 2024, we'll see a strengthen synergy really between regional and national data exchange so has that been an issue up to this point uh the data is kind of regionalized but uh is that available on a national level has that been a problem yeah there's a lot of debate going on in the country 
today uh, starting from individual health systems that sometimes deploy like more than a dozen different DHRs that mm. don't really talk to each other, going to the county level, going to the state level with lots and lots of uh, bespoke local contracts, right? So we're talking about state-driven HAEs and RIOs as, the, as they're called regional data exchanges. They still today hold a lot of local contracts with the provider organizations and payers, and there's a lot of state regulations that require the entire state or local regional ecosystem to submit data to HAEs. They're still operational. A lot of them didn't make it. A lot of them are healthy. We see a lot of examples of um, funding in states, and we see a lot of examples where that funding did not come through, and a lot of um, state exchanges uh, shut down over the last uh, couple of years. Yeah. Uh, TEFCA is designed as a federal highway, right? Think about like uh, I-95 going across the country, south to north and east to west, and. Uh, HAE's state connectivity centers play a pretty big role in that. Those are the on-ramps onto the interstate freeway. And uh, a lot of them are ready to join us. Um, one of the key things, as you know, is the health exchange, mm -hmm. which um, has a lot of that local connectivity, a lot of uh, state-driven HAEs participate in the health exchange. Uh, but a lot of them are not ready yet because of the limitations they have with the local contracts. So there's still a fair amount of work ahead of us on creating those synergies between uh, local exchanges and uh, helping them to join federal interstate, which is TEFCA. That's where we're gonna be focusing over the next two years as well. Yeah, well, uh, that brings us to prediction number five, which is really intriguing to me, Steve, that the first real AI use cases will emerge from QHIN participants. What do you mean by that? Yeah, uh, you know, there's there's a lot of hype about uh, the usability <laughs> yeah. of AI uh, in the clinical world. And you have to overlay that with the fact that uh, healthcare is probably 10, maybe even more years behind all other industries where AI is uh, making pretty good forays um, in automating a lot of processes, uh, making it really easy to adopt AI and actually has a lot of value. Uh, healthcare is probably a decade behind everybody else. So before we can start talking about meaningful usability of AI in healthcare, uh, we have to make sure we train AI properly. Uh, majority of all other industries have trained ML, machine learning, and um, uh, emerging AI use cases on clean data. We don't have that still. And uh, this is one of the big outcomes um, of TEFCA is to create um, a national set of clean, usable, actionable clinical data that as one of the outcomes could be used to train machines and uh, therefore finally create a meaningful adoption of AI. You know, if, if I'm honest, we're probably still a year or more away uh, from individual use cases. What you see out there is a little bit of hype surrounding, you know, uh, individual health systems training um, AI on their local data. Correct. Um, but it, it is, uh, it, it has a lot of gaps. Um, you need to be training on the complete patient-centric data set using US CDI standards on which TAFCA is based and using a fuller data set. If you train 
AI on a subset that you have access to, um, it's it's almost make it um, less relevant and some somewhat dangerous to train on that kind of data. Uh, AI has a huge role here. Like I said, we have mountains of data to be processed, standardized, fit into your CDI taxonomy and ontology. This is what we're doing as QHINS. Health Gorilla is already using AI internally to allow us to better match patients nationally, to clean up the data, remove remove duplicates. Uh, in the data, there's a lot of data quality um, activities that um, within Health Gorilla that we're utilizing from uh, from that perspective. But um, I think Tefka is going to be the platform to be able to bring AI into healthcare. No, that makes uh, perfect sense. Before we say uh, goodbye to our listeners, Steve, um, if they want to find out more about the services offered by Health Gorilla, not only QHIN and Tefka Access, but all the different services, where should they go to find out more information? Uh, I have to mention the recognized coordinating entity, RCE. Yes. Um, on the Office of National Coordinator of Health, ONC uh, website. Um, it is part of uh, HHS uh, on the federal level, and there's a wealth of information there. Uh, if you want to learn about how Health Gorilla Kuchen Qualified Health Information Network is uh, different from other Kuchens, uh, we all created very differently. Health Gorilla was created years ago as a Kuchen before we even had a federal regulation. So we are not based on any specific EHR. We're not dependent on state funding. We are created just to serve Tefka. Uh, so we have a um, tremendous amount of information, educational purposes, and explaining what Tefka QHINs are and what we are doing to bring, to execute on the roadmap to build um, interstate freeway of information for healthcare. You can head to the healthgorilla.com website um, and uh, watch um, webinars. We have a lot of webinars and uh, white papers, and hopefully, this recording we're making right now will serve the same purpose. Well, to our audience, thanks for joining me on this episode of the Tape Chronicles. Of course, I offer a special salute to my guest today, Steve Yaskin of Health Gorilla. Steve, thanks for coming aboard today. Thanks for having me. You can find more information on this show's program page at healthcarenowradio.com. That's healthcarenowradio.com. Until we meet again, Here's wishing you smooth sailing and safe harbors. Tape Chronicles transmission ending now.